Welcome back to another episode of the Not Your Normal Podcast. Um, took a little bit of hiatus, but I'm back now, and we're all good. It's late Monday night, just got back from the gym, just got out of the shower, feel good, feel refreshed, nice week off. It wasn't even really a week off because I was still doing podcast things like uh, getting merch ready and all that stuff, sending in designs, blah, 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 whatever. So, start off right off the bat. Sports. Couple big things in sports ap- happened actually. So um, let's cover some football first. Yesterday being Sunday, the main game everyone wanted to, you know, the main game everyone was interested in was the Eagles Cowboys game. Big rivalry. Two of the top leaders in the in the NFL. And let's see here. So, as you know, Dallas, the Eagles, the Giants, and Washington, they make up the NFC East. And it was Philly in front at, they were, I believe, 9-2 and two, or 10-2. and two, And the Cowboys were one behind them. Uh, big game last night. Dallas, Philly, I believe they were playing in Dallas. Uh, but, but other than that, uh, let's see here. Cowboys won. They surprisingly won. I didn't see that coming. They won 33 to 13. Dak played phenomenal. He's actually looking amazing, which is crazy to me. He looks like an MVP. Jalen Hurts also looks like an MVP. He just didn't last night. Um, but Dallas is now tied for first in the NFC East. I believe... Yeah, San Fran, Dallas, and Philly all have the exact same record in Baltimore. Uh, but Baltimore's the AFC. Uh, they're 10-3. and three. And then San Fran, Dallas, and Philly are all 10-3 and three as well. So, uh, yeah, it looks like a... It looks like a good old... It looks like Dallas might be able to do something. We don't know. Playoffs are different. Depends on who they get matched up with. Uh, Dallas for the past couple of seasons now has had very good seasons, not as good as this one, but good seasons. And they get, unfortunately they've matched up with San Fran the past two years. And it's been the exact same thing for the past two years, just San Fran beating them. So maybe you Dallas Cowboy fans uh, have some hope this year. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll do something. But other than that, I'm going to cover UFC real quick, actually. So this weekend would be the December 16th. I have a busy weekend this weekend, actually. Got the UFC fights, the reverse Kobe Pro Tro come out, but I'll get on to that later. This weekend, UFC 296. Uh, pretty big, pretty big card. It's the last, like, UFC card, UFC card of the year, like, fight, you know, like, numbered card so big UFC of the year the next one isn't until January 20th so 2024 but uh starting off the night you got oh man that's unfortunate dang that's I was just looking at the 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 prelims I'm a little upset so Cody Garbrandt um, 
is going to be fighting on the prelims. He's fighting Brian Keller, uh, Cody Garbrandt, former bantamweight champion of the world, uh, fighting somebody named Brian Keller, 24 and 14. Cody Garbrandt's 13 and 5. You know, after Cody won that belt back, ooh, it's been like four years now, and he fought TJ Dillashaw, Dillashaw and he lost it. He just was never the same after those two fights. So I'll be watching the Cody fight just because, you know, nostalgia, I guess, if what he can do. Cody's still semi-young. He has, you know, he's 32. Um, So maybe he can make one more run at it. I highly doubt it, but we'll see. Then going on to the main card, which is a very, very good card. Starting it off, we got Bryce Mitchell, Thug Nasty, against Josh Emmett. It's a featherweight fight. Bryce Mitchell, 16-2, and two, super, super talented grappler and wrestler against Josh Emmett, who's been in the UFC for a while now. He's made one run at the title. Um, but other than that, you know, he sort of floats around that five, six, that four, five, six range in rankings-wise for featherweights. It's showing Bryce Mitchell is the... Is the favorite. He has a 220 favorite. And Josh Emmett's a plus 180 underdog. Um, I will be putting money on these fights this weekend. So I'm going to run through those real quick. And if you listen to this and you feel like putting some money in down on prize picks or something like that, I have a pretty good knowledge of the UFC. And, uh, I think I know how these will these will closely play out. So Bryce Mitchell, J- Josh Emmett. I got Bryce Mitchell winning that one by submission. It's a three-round fight. I'm thinking late second, early third. Um, I think Bryce Mitchell closes the distance to get to his shot really well. And I think he can take Josh Emmett down and wrestle his head off. Um, so I'm taking Bryce Mitchell by submission, late second, early third. Um, match number five. Got uh, Vicente Luque against the undefeated, upcoming Irishman himself, Ian Gary. Ian Gary's last performance against Neil Magny was a total masterclass. He just kicked his legs out right from underneath him. Uh, Ian Gary's a four minus four hundred favorite. V- uh, Vicente Luque is a plus three hundred underdog. I'm taking Ian Gary in this fight, and I think actually it goes quick. I think he finishes him in the second round. Um, TKO. That's really all I got. Really, Ian Gary's thirteen and zero. He's every fight in his UFC career so far has been an absolute lopsided victory. He's beat the shit out of basically everyone he's fought. Um, they're going on to the weirdest matchup of the night, to be completely honest. And I remember when this fight was announced, I was super confused. Uh, Tony Ferguson's making his return. For those, know, for those who don't know, Tony Ferguson years and years ago, 2016, 2017, Tony Ferguson was on top of the world. He basically lived in the number one ranking spot right outside of Habib. Uh, And they were supposed to fight on multiple occasions, but Habib missed weight. Tony get injured. 
Habib gets suspended for the Connor fight. Just a bunch of things just happened to go bad for that fight. So it never happened. But Tony Ferguson lived in the number one spot and was interim champ for a very long time. And then I believe it was 2019, 2018. He fought, Tony Ferguson fought Justin Gaethje for the interim belt. And it was to decide who was going to fight Habib for the actual championship. And that fight right there was Tony Ferguson's downfall. He got, uh, he just got absolutely destroyed. Like it was bad. It was real bad. He just got beat for basically four and a half rounds. It went all the way to the fifth, but he was never winning that fight. But Tony Ferguson's fighting Patty Pimblett, upcoming light. I think he's featherweight, to be honest, but he's fighting at lightweight. He's 20 and three. He's young uh, from Liverpool, I believe. He, you know, he's Patty Pimblett. He's Patty the Batty. If you don't know who that is, then you just don't know anything about UFC. Uh, Patty Pimblett's a minus 350 favorite. Tony Ferguson's a plus 270. So this one is a little weird for me. I'm taking Patty Pimblett. This is the fight I wouldn't bet on. There's two of them. This is the one fight I wouldn't bet on. I'm taking Patty Pimblett because youth, he's on a roll. Tony Ferguson's not who he used to be. Tony Ferguson's like 39 or 40 now. Patty Pimblett's like 27, 28 around that age. Patty Pimblett's bigger. Like, naturally bigger, so he'll go into the fight bigger. I just don't think Tony Ferguson has what it takes to beat Patty Pimblett. But with that being said, I would not be surprised if Tony Ferguson somehow does something to win that fight. I don't think he will, but I wouldn't be shocked. So, But my money's on Patty Pimblett. Going on to the third match of the night. Uh, Shevkat Rachmanov, uh, undefeated, 17-0 against Steven Wonderboy Thompson. Wonderboy, it's so hard for me not to like put my money on Wonderboy, uh, but it's just biased. I'm a big Steven Wonderboy fan, but he is 40. He's fighting somebody who's 10 years younger. He's undefeated, uh, you know. And Shavkat's a minus 650 under uh, favorite, and Stephen Wonderboy Thompson's a plus 450 underdog. So you take that. My money's on Shavkat, but I hope Stephen wins. I'm not going to be betting on that one. I'm going to place my money on the fights I know. But I hope Stephen wins, but he's probably not. Going on to the co-main event of the night, it is a title fight. It's a flyweight fight. Brandon Royval against Alexandre Pantoja. Um, Alexander Pantoja and Brandon Royval. I don't know much about either of them. I know Alexander beat Brandon Morales. Is it? Yeah, Brandon Morales um, for the flyweight belt. I was very shocked when they said they, it wasn't going to be a rematch. Um, I'm taking the champ. I don't know too much about either of them to tell you guys anything about putting your money on them. So 
That's the second fight I would stay away from. Unless you know something about them, too, that I just don't know. Um, if I had to guess, Alexander Pantoja would win. Um, but like I said, I don't know too much about either of those. And then the main event, the honestly, the craziest fight of the year, most likely. Leon Edwards is defending his welterweight belt against Colby Chaos Covington. Colby making his return after a couple years gone or a year gone after beating Jorge Masvidal. Leon Edwards defending his belt after beating Kamaru Usman. It's a great fight. And I think this can lean one or two ways. I'll take a drink of water real quick. You know, it sort of sucks talking by yourself because you don't have like breaks in between to hear the other person talk. So I'm just constantly talking. So my mouth gets dry. But like I said, Leon Edwards, Colby Covington, Walter Waite title fight. Leon coming off the win over Kamaru. Colby coming off of like a year after beating Jorge Masvidal. It's a it's a great fight. Leon 21 and 3, Colby 17 and 3. Colby is a great wrestler. Has super high pace, super intense. He's always in your face. His motor just keeps going. He does not get tired. Leon great with his hands. Never gives up. He has willpower. His willpower is insane. Um so that fight honestly could go either way. A lot of my friends that watch UFC, they all think Leon's going to win. I personally would like to see Leon win, but Colby Covington, and I've said this for a while, if Kamaru Usman wasn't where he was a couple years ago, Colby Covington would have been the welterweight champion of the world. You just happened to run into somebody who was better than Kamaru Usman. Now, Leon did, I still think Leon's head kick against Kamaru in their second fight was like crazy luck. But the third fight, Leon just dismantled Kamaru. And there's credit there. But Kobe is a different animal. I think where Kobe messed up against Kamaru when they fought was Kamaru's a much better wrestler than Kobe. So Kobe sort of went more of the hands, the the hands throwing aspect of the fight. And I don't think he respected Kamaru's ability to throw hands and stand up and we saw in those two fights he's you know he's not the best but he can hold his own he can he has crazy knockout power in both hands and he knows what he's doing now Leon on the other hand I think Colby uh, don't get me wrong I think Colby's a dickhead but I think Colby knows fighting I think he's a great fighter I think he knows that he does not have the advantage when it comes to throwing hands. He has the advantage when it comes to wrestling. I think that's going to be a big factor in this fight. And we'll know after the first round, uh, seeing if he throw, if he goes for any takedowns, if he gets any takedowns, if he goes for any submission attempts. I, I'm putting my money on Colby because of that right there. I think Colby, is, his wrestling outweighs what Leon can do standing up. Now, granted, Leon is a master of distance. He fights from the outside really well. So, Colby is going to have to 
you know, weather the storm of the hand barrage coming his way to get to that, you know, to get to his shot for the takedown. But I think if he gets it, it's going to be a long night for Leon or a quick one, depending on how great his takedown and grappling, his takedown defense and his grappling are in his submission, you know, evasiveness. But I'm taking Colby. How? I want to say submission, but I, I'm i thinking more of a five-round fight. A lot of takedowns, a lot of ground and pound, a lot of wrestling. Um, But I'm putting my money on Colby for a submission late, late in the fight. Third, fourth round. Fourth round, fifth round. Around that. Nowhere near first or second. I think first round is going to be a super... Super chess mind game, bunch of feeling out. I think Colby's going to throw some feints in there, like some fake takedowns, uh, to see what see what Leon's reactions like. I think Leon's going to test him with his hands, see what Colby's reaction time is like, see how see the distance. So, and then second round, I think they'll get pretty. I think they'll get pretty busy. I think they'll get active. I'm thinking Colby goes for a couple of takedowns. He puts crazy pressure on Leon, and I think Leon does a lot. I think Leon's going to be on his bike a lot. I think he's going to be moving a lot because of Colby's pressure. And then uh, that's when the fight will really start. Mid-second round, that's where we're going to get some real good fighting. But, yeah, those are my UFC picks. I know everyone loves those. And now on to Baseball. Nothing really happens in the offseason that's anything ever crazy about baseball. You know, the Texas Rangers won the World Series, my hometown team. Let's go Rangers. But that's been a while since that happened. But something did happen yesterday that was pretty major. The Los Angeles Angels have Mike Trout. They have one of the most talented stars baseball's ever seen in Mike Trout. And they also have one of the most talented people baseball's ever seen in Shohei Otani. Now, Shohei Otani, young. I'm about to look up Shohei Otani. Let's see what he's. Let's see this man's stats. Let's see here. Mm, 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 mm. Where are they at? There they are. Uh, yeah. There we go. All right. <laughs> Shohei Otani, 6'4", 210 pounds, 29 years old. That dude right there is a monster. He pitches and hits, for those who didn't know. Shohei Otani, batting-wise, his batting average was a .304. He had 44 home runs and 95 RBIs. His on-base percentage was 41, 151 hits. Pitching, <laughs> Shohei Otani led the Angels with 10 wins. Like, my man's 
insane. He's actually crazy. So, basically what I'm saying, he's a monster. Shea Otani, one of the greatest young talents in baseball, in recent baseball history for that, um, left the Dodgers, he's a free agent, left the Angels, sorry, and joined the Los Angeles Dodgers. Now, they gave him a 10-year contract worth $700 million. Now, I don't know if you're good at quick math like I am, but you break that down, that's $2.22, like a second, give or take a couple decimals. Every second for the next 10 years, he, in theory, is making $2.22 a second, equaling his $700 million over the next 10 years. Now, He's 29. He he'll be 30 basically when the season starts. Uh, he's a July kid, like myself. Um, so he'll be 29, turning 30 over the, over the course of his first season with the Dodgers. So that contract's gonna run basically until he's 40. Now Shohei is coming off of a Tommy John surgery uh, in his throwing arm. So we're yet to see how he'll come back off of that. But if he comes back off off of it like his first one that he had years ago, he'll be just fine. Um, this is the second one he's had. So we'll see. But hopefully the Dodgers get their money's worth. I'm a big Dodgers fan. I love Clayton Kershaw. So, you know, we will see. Got to stay hydrated, kids. Um, But other than that, that's all my sports coverage. No, that's not true. I have basketball to talk about. Now, basketball. Basketball has been pretty interesting recently, actually. And when I say that, I mean, like, I've been watching a bunch of games. But, you know, um, let's see here. Boston is Boston. Uh, That Drew Holiday pickup has been perfect for them. And Kristaps Porzingis for that. They're sitting at the top of the East. I'm pretty sure they have the best record and second best record in the league. They're sitting at the top of the East with 16 and 5. Now, this one's going to be, this one shocked me, actually. This team's really good. Super young, too. The Magic are 16 and 7. Paulo Bancaro has been playing amazing. Um,. Jalen Suggs has been playing his part. Franz Wagner and what's his brother's name again? Moritz or Mo Wagner. They've been playing amazing as well. Andre Black, I believe is his name. I believe that's his name. He's like Jonathan Isaac's good. Cole Anthony's good. They The Joe Ingles pickup was nice. Gary Harris comes off the bench and gives them valuable minutes. They have a bunch of young talent there. So... Yeah, they're good. I just don't know what else to say. Milwaukee, 16-7. and seven. They're sitting at third. Um, we all knew they were going to be good with the pickup of Damian Lillard. Where they struggle is where they lose Drew Holiday in that defense. And I think, if I had to guess, and obviously I'll talk more about it when it gets closer, but the trade deadline in the NBA is in February. I believe the Chicago Bulls, because they're 9-15, and 15, they're not good. 
I believe they're just going to blow it up. I think they're going to shop DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, Alex Caruso, blow the whole thing up. Um, I, if I had to guess, Milwaukee's going to go for Alex Caruso. He's a guard that can get you points, but is super defense heavy. And they don't need any, another guard to score. They got Dame for that, and they have Giannis. So that's who I think Milwaukee's going to go after. Moving over to the Western Conference, no one saw this coming. Minnesota Timberwolves are phenomenal. Anthony Edwards is a star. He's an all-star this season. He's going to be an all-star for years to come. He's great. OKC's in second. SGA is amazing. I'll talk about Josh Giddy some other time. SGA is amazing. Dallas is at third. They're 14-8. and eight. The Luka and Kyrie matchup is or pairing is working perfectly. They still struggle on defense, but I think they'll try to get some something around trade or hopefully in the offseason. I still think they're like a defender, a 3 and D guy away from making a true run at the chip. Denver's good. They're 15-9. and nine. They've been on a slump because Jokic has been on a slump. But that's really about it. Everything else, Phoenix sort of sucks, but we all knew that. They're all offense, no defense. But like I said, early in the season, 21 games in, still 60 games to go. Um, but recently, and I believe Saturday was the game. Oh, yeah, I forgot to talk about Tyrese Halliburton. Good Lord, that kid's good. Dude's leading the league in assist and, like, top three in scoring. Good Lord. That man's crazy. Um, but speaking of Indiana, they beat the Bucks to get to the first annual NBA in-season tournament. And they met the Lakers there. Uh, the Lakers beat the Pelicans by, like, 40 to get there. Wasn't even close. Um, but for those who don't know, the NBA in-season tournament's similar to, like, soccer. How soccer has in-season tournaments that give the players a little bit more incentive to, you know, play a little bit harder. So in the NBA in-season tournament, each player receives an extra $500,000. And there's something else, too. I forgot exactly how it goes. But basically... They play a certain amount of games. Everyone has these certain matchups throughout the throughout the season, early on in the season. And the I believe eight teams make it to the like quarterfinals. Then they play each other, like the seeds play each other to the semis and then to the final. Um or the conference final, then the final, and then they all meet in Vegas for the semifinals. So you have the Western semis and the Eastern semis. Eastern semis was Indiana Pacers and Milwaukee Bucks. Western was New Orleans Pelicans and the Los Angeles Lakers. Like I said, Tyrese Halliburton is a monster. He basically single-handedly destroyed the Bucks, um, which I'm okay with. I would have liked to see the. I like the, that the Pacers made it. Gives them, you know, some promise. Lakers blew the shit out of the Pelicans by like 40. Zion looked terrible. LeBron looked great. It's crazy because they're 15 years difference in age. But that's besides the point. Um, They played Saturday in Vegas. Back and forth game, all game. Tyrese Halliburton did Tyrese Halliburton things. LeBron James did LeBron James things. 
Austin Reeves came off the bench. He had the flu. He had like 28 or something like that. That guy, that kid right there, Austin Reeves, keeps proving that he's worth all the money that he will be getting in the future and that he got in the offseason. And then Anthony Davis, the man who can either be the greatest thing in the world or the worst thing for your team, he had a 40-piece. Um, and when you have LeBron scoring 30, Austin Reeves having 28, and then Anthony Davis having 41, like you're, you stand no chance. No one stands a chance at that point. So the Lakers win the first NBA in-season tournament in Vegas. All the players got an extra $500,000. LeBron James adds a new trophy to his collection with that and winning the first ever NBA in-season tournament MVP. He also won that. So now he has something that no one else has. And um, it was cool. I like it personally. It gives players a little bit more incentive to play harder early on in the year. Instead of sort of waiting for that push towards the end of the season and all-star break time. And it gives like people that don't get a lot of playing time, you know, like the first or second year guys that are like 12, you know, 12 to 15 in rotation that only get to see, you know, trash minutes. It gives them a little extra money. That's an extra $500,000. And they might not, you know, be making anything too crazy. They might only make, you know, 500000 over the next two seasons. Well, now with that tournament win, those Laker players that don't get to see any minutes, they're making a million now. They get an extra five hundred k, So that's cool too. And uh, you never know. Because it is so early in the year, teams technically are still getting used, like all these new teams are still getting used to. They're like getting in their groove. That's why, you know, the Bucks didn't make it. You have these early onsetters like the, you know, the Pacers who have this young star on their hands and Tyrese Halliburton coming in going crazy. Granted, they didn't win, but, you know, they made it to the final. That gives them something. That's some motivation. It gives them something to build on, something that they know they they have, you know, for the future. So it was cool. I have no problems with it. I know a lot of people did. Me personally, I like it. I'm about to run through this whole bottle of water. But, uh, yeah, that's my sports take. I did pretty good for that, too. 30 minutes, and I covered a lot. Um, Let's see here. I haven't done an episode in a week. This is the first episode I've done in a week. Like I said, I took some time off. I did a bunch of merch stuff. It's all here. I'm looking directly at it. I'm just, you know, just waiting for the sale. Waiting for it to go on sale. Um, I don't know. It's weird. I think that this upcoming Valentine's Day here in a couple of months is going to be great because of what I've designed. And I'm not trying to be cocky or arrogant. I think this year's tops the if you remember from early this year, the it's not you, it's me. That one was pretty solid. This one's better. So I'm super excited for that. The New Year stuff is pretty cool. It's very simple, very sleek. Nothing too special. Very good. Um, and actually, nah, never mind. I was going to say something. I'll, I'll wait. Um, but yeah, I think that's all that's been going on here with me. Recently, I went to 
I've had it actually last weekend, not this past weekend, like a couple days ago, but the weekend after that, before that, had a jam-packed weekend. On Saturday, me and my boy Kenny went to Hat Club's first pop-up shop in Dallas um, called Texas Crowns. I picked up a couple hats. I picked up myself a really great Rangers hat. I still have it. It's still got the stickers on it and everything. Um, exclusive drop hats were only available at the Texas pop-up shop. I got me a nice little cream orange and blue Rangers hat says Rangers across the front. Um, and then I got Riley, um, me and her were talking, uh, while I was in line and I'll get to the line in a second. Actually, I'll talk about that, but we were talking while I was in line and, uh, they had this like brown beige and like I guess like more sparkly like uh hat purple sparkly like purple rangers hat it was super hard they just didn't have that one in my size or I would have copped it for myself but me and her were talking so I got her that because uh we were talking about it and um but yeah no it was a great experience super cool met Ben from Hat Club Met a bunch of people that I've been following on TikTok ever since I started this like hat collecting thing. Met them, so it was super cool. Um, but yeah, it started at twelve. Me and Kenny left Sherman at ten ten nine forty five. So we got there right at like eleven. We pulled up. I knew exactly where it was at because I used to shop over there all the time pull up we see nothing but a line of people that's probably about 50 people deep i was like damn they got here early as fuck so we go park walk in line we're sitting there it's around 11 o'clock now so i'm like all right cool opens at 12 that's fine then it hits me and i'm like oh shit it's at this store the sneaker store called center in dallas the store is not very big I was like, damn, they, there's no way that like they're going to let all these people in at the same time to grab these hats. There's no way. Moral of the story, or the summary of the story, cliff notes, is that me and Kenny waited in line, and we did not enter the store until 1.30. We got there at 11. So for two and a half hours, we were just standing in line. I'm super glad it happened in December. When it's cooler, it's not cold, but it's cooler. It's like, you know, 65 degrees outside. So that was cool. Because if it was in the middle of the summer, that would have fucking sucked. Um, then the very next day on Sunday, me, my boy Debbie and Kenny all rode up to Dallas again to go to a sneaker thing called the Sneakers Traveler. It was cool. It was nothing, nothing crazy. It was all right. Um, I didn't pick up anything, um, didn't really see too much that I liked. And if I did, they were taxing like crazy. For those who don't know sneaker terminology, taxing means they were asking way too much for a specific product. Uh, my phone just went off. Someone sent me a TikTok. Are you kidding me? That's crazy. Um, but like I said, it was all right. Over the weekend, I picked up those hats. I also picked up a pair of new basketball shoes. So recently, 
for some reason, I've just been buying basketball shoes, like, left and right. I don't know why. Normally, I just... Well, I guess now that I think about it, I've always had a bunch of basketball shoes. I normally... But, whatever. I was thinking out loud. Normally, I'm a big... I'm only a Kobe Bryant person. I've worn Kobe's forever, for as long as I can remember, for years now. Well, the problem is... Kobe's are damn near impossible to come by. There are a pair of Kobe's coming out this weekend, though. But Kobe's are damn near impossible to come by. Um, ever since his death in 2020, you just can't get a Kobe like you can get a LeBron or a KD or something like that. Anything like that. They're very exclusive and rare. So the Kobe's that I do have, I have two pair of Kobe 7s, a pair of Kobe 9, a pair of Kobe 8s. And a pair of Kobe 6s. So it's five pair. I hate wearing my Kobe 9s because those are the tall ones that sort of look like boxing shoes. And I hate them. They're super lightweight, but I don't like anything around my ankle. I have the London Prelude Kobe 7s. The Concord Kobe 7s. The Area 72 Kobe 8s. And the Grinch Kobe 6s. Now the Grinches are by far my favorite Kobe of all time. Area 72 Kobe 8s, I've had those for years now. They're super beat. And my Kobe 7s, I've also had for years now. And they're not beat, but I don't want to beat them into the ground when I do not have the opportunity to get a Kobe, you know, at the snap of a finger like I can with other shoes. So, over the past couple of months, I've opened my mind up to different players shoes they have to be and my whole thing for basketball shoes is they have to be low profile when i say low profile i mean the silhouette of the shoe has to be below or right at my ankle like a little bit on the bottom half of my ankle lightweight and comfortable the colorway i've i like hooping in bright colored shoes just because you know they're it's cool but that's a that's me just being me. So over the past couple of months now, I've bought a pair of Ja Morant ones uh, in the, I forgot the name of them, but like they're like a white and gray mismatched. I've bought a pair of Luca 2s in that all turquoise and gold colorway. I like those a lot. The Sabrina Ionesco ones. I think Sabrina has the greatest shoe in the modern basketball space uh, out of WNBA and NBA. I think Sabrina Ionesco has the best shoe. And then recently, over that weekend, when I went to the hat club thing, I bought a pair of LeBron 21s. Now, LeBron's. I've had LeBrons in the past. I've had LeBron 9s, 10s, 11s. Yeah. And I think that's it. I didn't have any 12s. I didn't have any 8s. So, yeah, LeBron 9, 10, and 11. Those are the three LeBrons that I've had in the past. I've had the low LeBron 9 Hornets, the Volt LeBron 10s, the Prism LeBron 10s, and the Christmas Day LeBron 11s. Now, out of all four of those LeBrons that I've had in the past, the one thing I've hated about LeBron's are how heavy they are and how they sit super high. It's a high, high top shoe. 
Now, LeBron, at that point in the state, in his career, it was 10 years ago. He was 10 years younger. He was heavier. He was bigger. He was playing in Miami. That was prime LeBron. That was like physical peak LeBron. So I understand why his shoe was that big. He needed a shoe to support what he does. He's a freight train. Well, now, LeBron being a little bit older, can't. He's still super athletic, but doesn't, you know, get up as high as he used to. He's not as heavy as it used to be. He's not doing the amount of things he was doing in Miami to his body that he is in L.A. So when you're lighter, you need to be a little bit more agile opposed to powerful. He switched his 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 shoe up and he did it last year on the LeBron 20. And he made it like a low cut. And I liked that, but I picked them up in hand and they were still sort of, they were heavier of the heavier of all the shoes that I have. Like they were the lightest LeBron that I've had or held my hand, but they were still heavier than all the other shoes that I have. Well, this year, LeBron 21, basically the same shoe as last year, but lighter. And I love him. I picked me up a pair. I picked up, I think they're called the Dragon Pearl. Look them up. They're like an like an orange cream color. The whole shoe is made out of patent leather. And that orange dreamsicle cream color with like an orange pearlescent heel. They're amazing. Traction is great. They're lightweight. They're low top. I love the shoe. It's a good shoe. I played in them all last week. I played in them today. I'll probably play in them. I don't play. I probably won't play in them tomorrow. I got to switch it up. That was the whole point of me buying all these basketball shoes. Got to switch it up. Um, but yeah, no, they're amazing. So I'm thinking I'll buy one more pair of basketball shoes over the next couple of weeks. I'm hoping to get another pair of Sabrina's or LeBron's. The problem is Sabrina's, they're it's the downfall. So I wear a men's 13. Sabrina's come in women's sizes first so it's a little rough because that's like a women's 15 equals a men 13 or something like that hard to find and these lebron 21s are so new there's not many colorways out there's four colorways out and the one i have is the best one of the ones that have released so far so with that being said whichever one comes out next whichever color whichever person's next colorway is the best one that's the shoe i'm gonna go with And then I'll be done. I'll have my rotation of shoes. That is unless I get the reverse Grinch Kobe 6s this weekend. Pray for your boy. I I want those real bad. Um, But other than that, that's all that's been going on here. I know I say this all the time, but hopefully for the next episode I can get somebody on so we can have a conversation. But uh, if not, I'm down to do this again. This was nice. This is the first time I've done an episode this long by myself. Granted, I did have a lot to talk about, though, so it's cool. Um, but with all that being said, um, I don't know. There's not a holiday like Christmas is coming up, but I can't say have a Merry Christmas. It's only December 12th. When you're listening to this December 11th when I'm recording. Um, I don't know. Have a, a good week. I'll talk to you people on Friday. 
If you haven't checked out the website, check out the website at nympshop.com. Pre-sell some stuff, pre-buy some stuff. I'm going to buy, don't do it now. Friday, I'm going to have items on the website for pre-sale. And yeah, just, uh, I don't know, have a good week. Come to the gym, come hoop, play with me on PlayStation. All right, I guess I'll see you guys on Friday.